he said it because of his wet blanket energy. <laughs> Unhinged. Hello and welcome to She's All Batch. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jackie. And we don't care if you're here for the right reasons because we are just happy that you're here. Yes, so come join us as we talk shit about our favorite show. All right, guys, let's creep. Okay, so Peter Weber has admitted that he cyber-stalked the contestants on his season through an iPad while he was The Bachelor. Who gave this man an iPad while he was The Bachelor? I don't know. That's the information that's not being revealed because I'm sure that would get someone in a lot of trouble. I have his quotes. So Peter's actually on season two of Traitors. Have you started wa- You started watching that? Right? I started watching only the first episode, though. Same. I'm going to keep watching it. I really liked last season. It's taking me a minute to get invested in this season, but that's a whole conversation I feel like for another time. But I've only watched one episode so far, and so I think there's like three out right now. Yes, same. So to promote the show, like he's doing a bunch of press, mm-hmm. and he with in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, he said about his time on The Bachelor, you're only with the women so long. So I was trying to get as much info as I could on them and found a way to sneak an iPad through to the hotel room to do my own research a little bit on off days and see what people were kind of saying. So I could not feel like I was so in the dirt, just trying to level the playing field a little bit. So he's like openly admitting to breaking the rules and sneaking an iPad into- That he literally cheated. I'm surprised he would admit something like that, but I, th- I do think he's at the point in his life where he's just like, fuck it, I hate the Bachelor producers. On to bigger and better things like traitors. I do think that's kind of crazy, though, if he feels that the interwebs, the iPad, was giving him more color into, like, the girls that he was dating. Because Victoria Fuller, in particular, during Peter's whole season, while was it maybe while it was airing that that conversation was happening and not necessarily while it was being filmed. But there was obviously a lot of discourse about Victoria Fuller online about a lot of things. One was like a controversial photo shoot she was in. Also all the stuff about her dating married men and what the situation was with that was all over the internet during Peter's season. And yet she made it as far as she did. And Peter was so surprised when that plot line was kind of thrown in his face like when they had that random girl come up to him and was like hey you don't know about this girl that's true but maybe that stuff didn't come out until the season was airing and like someone like reality steve knew that victoria was like pretty influential in the season and then started with started releasing it was it him who released that stuff yeah a lot of it came from him yeah i don't know i mean i don't remember where it like actually was stemming from or maybe she was not one of the ones that he was really doing deep dives on maybe hannah ann or like some of the other girls he was looking up i i imagine he didn't have unlimited time with this ipad you know it's like he had like child locks on it like there's like a timer in the corner (laughs) he only gets 30 minutes i mean you literally have like Oh, you here you have a phone call. You have four minutes. Like everything's freaking organized and Yeah. Why weren't they checking his bag though? Like, do they not check the leads bags? That's a good question. We should ask the next lead we talk to because you should think that like they're fine. They've been through it all. They're like the hired talent. Why should I have to check your bag? Well, I think they they're trusted and like they're not gonna bring anything dangerous, but like I don't know. I feel like any lead would try to sneak in a cell phone. You gotta check for that. Well, yeah, and they do they do have to hand over their phones. Maybe he put the iPad between two pairs of like tidy whities So then like someone looked mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, I'm not touching those. And so then, like, true. In a bag of dirty laundry. <sighs> 
that just like yeah. is down down like his soiled suitcase. dirty laundry. <laughs> Wait, like, want to hear something <laughs> so embarrassing that happened to me once about speaking of dirty laundry? One time I was at the airport and I had like a suitcase and a random carry-on duffel bag. And this was on the end of my trip. I was going home. So I put all my dirty clothes just like in the carry-on duffel bag just to keep them separate because of the clothes that you haven't worn yet are so clean. I'm not going to like put, oh, mix yeah. them all in with the dirty clothes. And then so I'm bringing that duffel bag through security. And for whatever reason, they were like, oh, we need to like look at this more. And they made me open the duffel bag and take out every single item of dirty clothing and empty the entire duffel bag so they could see there was nothing else in it and then put it back in. Like my dirty underwear was just like being taken out at the airport. Isn't that horrible? That's exactly what Peter wanted to accomplish though. Like he wanted to make sure, well, I guess not like how you did it, but like he he was hoping that no one was going to make him like take out all his dirty underwear and expose expose the iPad. I know. I guess if you are trying to sneak something in, that's clearly the way to do it, which is maybe why they like double checked. They're like, ma'am, all this dirty underwear, like you're putting you're putting drugs in <laughs> yeah, there what, somewhere. Yeah. We gotta figure it out. Right. I don't know. Well, one time I was like smuggling vodka into a baseball game uh-huh. and I put a bunch of tampons over it oh, in class. my bag. That's classic I'm like, what? girl code is to hide your illegal substances in tampon boxes, yeah. little containers. Cause no, no security right. guard wants to check in there. The guy opened it and he he looks at it, he's like, oh, God, you got to be kidding me. And oh closed it and handed it back to me. And I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted to, to hear. So it worked. If you want to use that at, at home, guys, go for it. Yeah. Um, Sneaky hack. So, I mean, in conclusion, Peter is a little bit of a sneak. I wonder if he gets contacted about this after the fact. Because, I mean, it's like when you admit to committing a crime yeah. years later. Like, if you steal a lollipop from a candy store when you're little. Right. The cops don't come after you now if you say, like, I stole it. Right. So, like, will he get in trouble? Or will they just be like, all right, don't even think about ever coming to paradise. I guess probably the latter, right? Like, what what is their, like, what are they going to do? Sue him? For what? Yeah. I mean, they could. Sue him? For, well, I mean, yeah. clear For a clear contract violation, yes, sure. But eh, I would hope they have better things to do, but you never know. Okay. Moving on. Unless you've been living under a rock, you probably saw that Clayton went on Nick Vial's podcast to share the story of his, um, that girl and the paternity scandal. And his whole story is truly like a lifetime movie. Like I actually was thinking while listening to it that if I were him, I would look to like sell the rights. For sure. Like I would buy the rights because this story is so twisted. Did you act, did you listen to the whole thing or did you just see parts? No, I've just seen some parts and clips, but we should definitely reach out to Clayton to see if we can bid for this story of his life because we should pitch that to like abc or or, no it would be the perfect lifetime lifetime movie yeah exactly no because like the ins and outs of this story obviously we've covered it a little bit but like there were so many layers to the story that i didn't realize so like not trying to promote nick here but i would say this is very much worth a listen Mm -hmm. but the reason why i'm bringing this up is because in the interview it seems as though nick purposely edited out Dave Neal's name. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, Dave Neal has done so much work to help get Clayton's story out there. He started this GoFundMe. He just has done so much. Um, also, the girl is now suing Dave Neal. Which is crazy. Like, oh, he's gotten Clayton's himself so like, involved in this. Quote, unquote, baby mama. If, uh, you know, Fake she's baby not really. Mama, she's, yeah. Well, she's saying that she's not pregnant anymore. There's a whole, there's so many layers to the story, guys. Oh just God. like, go look it up. But Dave Neal really did so much for Clayton and for this whole story. Mm-hmm. And when Clayton is asked about it, he talks about it. And there's a clear edit. 
Mm. That it, it's obvious. I'm actually I have the actual clip, but you can see it better visually because yeah, you know yeah. it's tight on Clayton, and then when it cuts, it pulls away. Yeah. You have to see it for yourself. Obviously, like Nick has done a lot of things, and there are reasons why. Like we don't really like him that much. But one thing that I just think is the most like low annoying thing that he does is that he refuses to promote smaller podcasters like Dave Neal or like there have been other situations with Game of Roses where he also like refuses to discuss them or dances around it or whatever. And it's just like, dude, you're already on the top. Why can't you just like be nice to us little guys? I don't understand why he feels like it's so threatening to him. And is it maybe because he feels like he has like he has a leg up. He has the connections to ABC that he just like wants to keep us down. I don't get it. Yeah, but um, high ties raise all ships, whatever that phrase is. Like, why can't we all grow? Like, I love helping out other podcasts yeah, no, and like, I know. collaborating with other shows. And like, we all can grow together. Yeah. And it's a good thing. And I feel like maybe he is intimidated in the sense that like, we don't have the background you have and we still are doing something right. Right. Here is the clip when Dave comes up, and instead all we hear is some podcaster, I believe. Some Here's podcaster. Oh, Dave, you're so much more than some podcaster. I get out of my case, and I get a text from a podcaster, and um, he said, hey. Okay, so I'm going to play that part again. It's a podcaster. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can hear it's it. It's not natural, like, uh, and so it's not some podcaster. It's a podcaster. Okay. Even worse. Uh, I get out of my case and I get a text from a podcaster and um, he said, hey, you did a good job today. He goes on and explains a story. Mm -hmm. It's all about Dave. Dave has now um, created um, Dave Neal Some Podcaster merch. Love. And it's really cute. Love it. You got to capitalize on these situations. Yeah. Also, so I texted Dave about this because I was pretty shocked. And Dave sent Nick a pretty lengthy text. Good. And I read it. And he's read it on his um, podcast as well. But Nick did not respond. And Dave basically is like, hey, just wondering, why was my name edited out of your show? Is there something that, like, you purposely wanted to take it out? Or did you not? Are you going to tell me if you didn't, even though we, we could tell you did? Yeah. Like, we can tell that this was edited out. But I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell me what happened or lie or try to save yourself here. And he was super cordial about it. And Nick didn't respond. And that's just Ew. it. What's interesting is, like, Nick previously reached out to Dave. When Dave started popping off on YouTube, Nick reached out to him and he asked for a phone call. And this is public information. Dave has shared this publicly, but I don't know if all our listeners know, but Dave took a phone call with Nick. Mm -hmm. He has his number. And Nick was just like, oh, I just wanted to let you know, like, I really like the work that you're doing. I'm going to make a friendship with you so you don't cross me. Like, everything yeah. this man does is so fucking strategic that I don't believe for a second that he really cared to be cordial or nice with Dave. I think he's like, I have to keep you on my good side. Yes, 100%. And there was actually one story, uh, I believe was about Natalie, that he actually asked Dave not to cover preemptively. Dave wasn't like even covering it. And he wrote Dave and was like, hey, like, I'd really appreciate if you didn't cover it. And he and Dave felt like, okay, you know what? Like, we've established a like cordial respect for one another. Like, sure, I won't cross you. And so Dave actually brought that up in his text messages, though. He's like, you know, the one story you told me not to cover, I didn't. Like, I just didn't think there was bad blood here. So what's going on? The All signs point to the fact that Nick doesn't want to promote another right. podcaster. He only wants the, the good blood to go one way when it's benefiting him. And when it could come back around and Nick could do something to promote Dave, he doesn't want to. It's just like 
really terrible behavior. So people are not blaming Clayton for this though, right? Because Clayton still has a very good relationship with Dave, it seems. I saw like a picture of them together this weekend with Courtney. Yes. And um, with Courtney. Yes. So I clarified that with Dave too. I was like, you know, no bad blood with Clayton, right? And he's like, God, no. Also, Clayton says his name. It's edited out. Right, right, right. So the issue isn't with Clayton. They are on great terms. Mm -hmm. The issue is with Nick. It's just so shady. It's so petty too. It's so petty. Like this is such a little thing that could go a long way for like a smaller creator like Dave. And it's just like Nick's just not willing to give up a millimeter of any sort of clout or benefit from his platform. It's just petty. It's selfish. It's low. I don't like it. And by ignoring Dave's text, so isn't he admitting that something was shady, though? Yes, 100%. Because like, couldn't you have said, like, oh, fuck, it was an accident. Oh, my God, I didn't even realize that. Thank you for letting me know. You're like, oh, sorry, our editor was just, like, trying to make things a little snappier. They must have missed that. So yeah. sorry, man. Right. Like, Lie. we'll shout you out in the next episode. Like, there are things he could do to remedy this. But by ignoring it proves that you did something on purpose. Right. No more be playing Mr. Nice Guy, redacting stories that, you know, maybe don't shed Natalie in the best light or whatever because Nick was trying to be nice to him. It's just like totally shady that Dave was doing him all these favors too. And then no loyalty, no respect. I hate it. Well, you know what's interesting too? Clayton hasn't been in the public eye for a few years now. If this paternity scandal wasn't going on, wouldn't Clayton fall under the category of what Nick refers to the people that we have on our show, uh, washed up reality stars yeah. that go on a fan podcast? Like, wouldn't he more so fall under that category? But because he had this, like, scandal and was willing to come to you, you're willing to take him. Right, because it benefits Nick at the end of the day. Right. So, which leads us to our next story, because it's actually about um, Sheena Shea mm -hmm. from Vanderpump, who called out Nick Vial on her podcast. And she says, I'm going to play the clip, but she basically says, like, you know, I thought we were friends. Yeah. He's been saying some not great things about me on his podcast. I've been on his show. I thought we were friends. And all this kind of, like, kind of no one is helps me prove my point. From him. No yeah. one's safe, and, like, you're not his friend. Clearly. You were on his show because you were relevant at the time, and he wanted to capitalize off of you. Right. And people see you, and they're like, oh, I'll go listen to his podcast. But the second you're not relevant, you're not his friend. You yeah. don't even get me started on the – take note of the Bachelor Nation people. I won't even say it. You guys could figure it out on your own. But the Bachelor Nation people that he clings to, and then when they're those people aren't as popular in the nation anymore – Yeah. We're, I don't see them. Right. And that's weird. the tea, people. Certainly is. Okay. Here is what Sheena said about Nick. Nick Files' recent podcast. Maybe this was naive of me to think, but I actually thought Nick and I were friends. He keeps bringing Charlie on. Charlie referred to you as a payroll husband. Mm -hmm. And then on the next episode that Katie and Dana did, I think he referred to you as... The payroll husband. Yep. I don't see what's wrong with earning more money than my husband. I feel like it seems a bit misogynistic that the woman can't be the breadwinner in the family because support comes in so many forms when it comes to a family. Financial support is just one of them. That really irked me when also his fiance is literally on the payroll. So I'm like, that's kind of rich. 
coming from you. I love the subtle dig at the end. Yeah, well, she's not wrong. And we were talking about this last week too. Like, what is the situation with Natalie's stake in Envy Media? She's definitely a lot more involved now that he announced that he has like a media company and he's kind of trying to grow the brand. No, that's actually in this week's Sound Off on Friday. We talk about that. Oh, okay. okay. Well then, spoiler alert, guys. We'll be talking about we it We will be Friday. talking about that but later But Stephanie and I recorded that um, previously. But... Yeah, I guess what – and what was Sheena's, like, relationship to Nick, though? Like, were they, like t- – we obviously don't know this, but, like, would they, like, text and hang out in the She said he, the world? she had his number. Or, like, did she just come on his podcast one time? Not that any of it makes it right, but – She said she's been, she's been friends with him for years. So yeah. I would assume it's more than just um, going on his podcast right. one time. And she said she has his number and that they were friends. I would think that it's a little bit more than that. Yeah. Um, for context um, – Sheena is talking to her husband on this podcast, and apparently on Nick's podcast, the husband was referred to as a payroll husband. Everyone keeps pointing out that Sheena may be misinterpreting what payroll husband means. Do you think it's what she's saying, like, Um, that the woman makes more? Not even necessarily that the woman makes more, but I was kind of interpreting it to mean that Brock's only with Sheena for the money and for the perks that come with being married to someone who's on Vanderpump Rules. Because otherwise, like, what does Brock have, really? I'm not saying that's necessarily the case, but I think from from an outsider who maybe is not putting any value on, like, the relationship they actually have, like, Sheena's the one who has, like, all the clout, all the money, all the things, and Brock's just kind of there. So that was how I was interpreting them saying payroll husband, that, like, he's just there on her payroll for the money. So only sticking around for the money. Yeah. I guess that's what I thought it meant too. But she seems to think it means payroll husband, the woman is the breadwinner, which that's all the comments on this TikTok. It's like, honey, I don't think that's what you think it means. Yeah. And I guess like literally, if you think about it in that way, like, sure. Yeah. That's what it is. He's on her payroll at the end, whether she's literally paying him out of her company or it's just like a, a figure of speech Like, back in high school, when I would, like, get allowance from my parents, they would say, oh, you're on the payroll. But, like, I'm not really on the payroll. You know what I mean? They're just giving Mm -hmm. me money regularly. And Sheena has more money than Brock, so she is giving him more money regularly. He is on the payroll. That doesn't mean they don't love each other. I don't, so you I think the mean? payroll would mean, like, is Brock's, like, her co-host? I don't listen to he's her not, podcast. No, I think he's only just on sometimes. So I think what Sheena's saying, though, at the end, saying, like, oh, the fiancé is literally on his payroll, that's... Kind of what I thought. Yeah. I was like, well, wait, if she's like a perm, if she's becoming a permanent co-host um, on this show, yeah. which it seems to be, does he pay her? And if he does, like she's literally getting a paycheck from her husband. Yeah. But that's why I think what he meant was more offensive to just be like, oh, Brock's only with Sheena for the money and doesn't really have as much going for him business-wise. Like, Nick, how about we just stop belittling everyone around us that isn't you or No, Natalie? for sure. Like, I feel like unless you're him in his exact shoes with his experiences, like, he can't relate to anyone. I know. He has to put his nose up to everyone. I know. Everything is just, like, a superiority. I'm better than you. He's very protective, mm-hmm. though, of, like, him, Natalie, his dogs, I think that's literally where the loyalty ends. Yes. And future baby Vial. Yes. Baby girl Vial. What do you think he'll name mm-hmm. her? She'll be a cutie for sure. It'll be like clouds. 
Clouds Vial. I like low-key love a weird name for a baby. I'm like, wow, I know, that's you've beautiful. Said that. <laughs> Clouds. I'm going to write that one down in my notebook <laughs> for future children. With a Z, though, obviously. Ooh, yes. <laughs> it's giving Stormy Webster, you know? Yes. Although Stormy was like a real name before Stormy Webster. Is it a name? It was. I knew someone name literally named- Name one names- other person named Stormy. Stormy Daniels. Oh, yeah. True. But also, I know- <laughs> But is that a real name or is that a, like a- no, no, it's real. I knew someone like my sister in life uh, named yeah. Stormy. Okay. Yeah, someone that my sister knew in college was named Stormy. And there was mm-hmm. one day like storms outside, and they put on their door like "Be careful out there, big Stormy's a brewing" or something, and and it was her name. So that's, that's how cute. I remember it. Yeah, you heard it here first. Stormy is a real name. People. It is. The clouds with know. a Z is not. So it's not up for grabs if anyone until wants I have it. My daughter. Okay, shoddy it. You know that episode of Sex in the City where someone steals. Charlotte's baby name. If anyone steals my baby name, Clouds, you're dead to me. <laughs> Never listen to this podcast again. Okay, moving on. So Susan, as we know, she is going ham on her social media, making yeah, it clear. She's getting the bag. She's getting her bag. She wants to be back on TV, and she will do anything to let ABC know. So much so that she posted on her feed. Now, I don't know if everyone knows, but, like, putting it on your feed, you're committing. That's, like, it means more than just a story. Susan puts a lot on her feed, though. I don't know if she knows the etiquette, really, between, like, what should be on reels, what should be on feed, what should be on stories. Everything's on feed for Susan. Or it's an artistic choice where she's like, no, everything's going on feed. Sorry. Yeah, she's like, I don't, I feel permanently about (laughs) this, so I want it to always be there so I can reflect. I can't reflect on my old stories. So, she posted a screenshot of... This is from Facebook, and it's an article shared in the Facebook group, Bachelorette Fans Unite Spoilers. And it was posted in a Facebook group, and it says, Golden Bachelor fans beg for a Kathy and Susan spinoff. And she screenshots, like, the article from Facebook and posts it on her Instagram. And Kathy, of course, naturally responds and goes, I'm in, Susan! With five hearts. Okay, Bachelor Nation fans that are listening to this podcast, are you guys begging for a Susan and Kathy spinoff? Because I don't really think people are begging for that. But you know, I justify it like how we did last week. We're like, the year of She's All Batch, some would say. I say it. I say it too. We're the sum. Just start begging for it. And then you can be like, oh, fans are begging. Please, sure. ABC, please. No, there's definitely Susan and Kathy. There. A couple done. fans out there that begged for it. Right. So that's all All you need is two to make it plural. Sure. Fans. <laughs> Multiple fans. <laughs> I just think Susan should stick to making a golden paradise happen because I right. really think that's going to be a great show. And I think that's where her and Kathy would really thrive. But otherwise, like, like what type of show is she suggesting? Like a dating show where her and Kathy go try to find their husbands? Or is this like a little talk show? What kind of show is this? I don't know, but I would, I would buy ice. No. Susan could sell ice. What is that phrase? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to see where you're going with this. She I'm could like, sell ice to an igloo. Ice that oh, Susan she could sell makes? ice. No, she could sell ice to an um, Eskimo in an igloo. Like basically, okay. I would follow Susan to the end of the earth. So it, whatever it. show she ends up on, I will watch it. Whether it's a Kathy spinoff, whether she's hosting Paradise, whether she's the Bachelorette, wherever Uh-oh. Susan goes. I will follow. I just think it's bold. But for how long will you do that? I'm genuinely asking. Till death. Oh, okay. Till I die. I was like, for a year, I think I'm invested. <laughs> and then I'm like, we need to then move on to other other golden people. As as it is with the regular show. You know what I mean? Like, 
I feel like you're kind of invested in the people who were having the main storylines for like a year or so, and then they go back to normal life. Well, I guess we'll see. I mean, if fans are begging for this, maybe it will happen. I still feel like we need some kind of like answer as to what's coming this year, golden wise. It's weird to like- I know. It to be like the first year after of like, okay, well, we don't know what the schedule is because there hasn't been a schedule yet. We just had one season. So like- Is it, like, at least we know after The Bachelorette, there's The Bachelor, and so forth, you know, back and forth. Right now, we don't really know. Do we know anything that's coming after Joey's season? No, right? No, there's nothing nothing confirmed. And last year, they fucking did Paradise all the way through December. So I kind of feel like all bets are off. It doesn't really matter what we've seen previously. They could very well, after Joey's season, do Golden. If I was a girl going on this show solely to like become an influencer, I would yeah. be pissed. I would be pissed about this because I'm sure all the girls right now who are about to become famous next week on Joey's season. I always think about that. Like, mm-hmm. is there someone right now looking out their window, praying to like the Fab Fit Fun gods, hoping one day that like in a matter of weeks they can have of hundred thousand followers? Actually, all thirty of them are doing that exact same right thing. now. But could you imagine if, like, your season's airing and then while it airs, it's like, and Leslie's the Golden Bachelorette, and that will air right right after Joey's season. And you're like, wait, what? I've been putting on my best work for America. Yeah. I wonder if that's why they're waiting, though, to see if an incredibly compelling story comes out of Joey's season, then they'll do that with The Bachelorette. But if not, they're keeping Leslie as backup, which I think is rude. But (gasps) I wonder if that's why they're not making a decision. I just feel like when they wait too long, like obviously we'll take Leslie as the lead whenever they decide. But the longer they wait, the more the momentum is being lost. Yes. That's why I'm not following Kathy and Susan to the ends of the earth. I'm just following them for this year before I'm like, all right. What's the next thing? Well, I'll, I'll be there till the ends of the earth, Susan. Okay. Kathy, sure. You too. Um, <laughs> Both of them. Okay, moving on. So going back quickly to that Clayton interview on Nick's podcast, there was a brief moment where something he said very much alludes to the fact that Susie is dating someone. And obviously, if you've, if you've been following along at home, you can conclude that that person may be Justin from the mm-hmm. show. So here is what Clayton said about his ex, Susie. So, you know, it's been great to, to have the support and uh, shout out Susie for, for being a real one. She's been a great ex-girlfriend uh, and I wish her nothing but the best. And I think she's happy. She seems pretty happy. She's, she might be, well, we won't go into the Susie talk, but she might be dating somebody at this point, but I wish her nothing but the best. Okay, well, if he's alluding though to Susie dating someone, that someone has to be Justin because otherwise that's weird. If Susie's dating someone else and they're, and her and Justin are always BFF hanging out and making all their little TikToks, her boyfriend would be kind of annoyed, I think. True. Yeah, if, if she could be dating anyone, it's Justin. It has to be Justin. Right. She's either dead single or she's dating Justin. There's no in between. So I think it's only a matter of time before we hear an update from them. Mm-hmm. Interesting that Clayton would know before the general public. Like, would you ever go, like, alert your No, ex? but maybe he just knows through, like, mutual friends. Like, maybe it's something that, like, their friends know and, like, other Bachelor people know, but they haven't formally announced yet. So maybe Clayton kind of heard through the grapevine of Batch Nash. But they did, like, a, a little bit of a media tour recently like they went on almost famous and maybe one other podcast recently and they admitted in those interviews that they haven't even made out and that was like a few weeks ago but that doesn't mean that they're not you haven't ever made out until you make out true that yes, you know like Mm -hmm. maybe it was something that kind of started off as a joke that they like saw they were getting a lot of engagement from and they were friends and then 
one day something changed. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, just because they said at one point they've never made out doesn't mean they haven't made out since. Or more. True. Yes. So, I, I would say watch the space, people. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, moving on. Moving on. Oh, if you guys haven't checked out our sound off in the comments below, premiere episode, it premiered on Friday of last week. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder why you haven't. Yeah. We've gotten such good feedback from you guys. You guys seem to really love it. We have so much fun recording these episodes, so I hope you guys continue to love it. And if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. And then go you can check participate it by sounding off in the comments below. Right. And I will say, too, though, if you guys can also share the episodes. This is mm-hmm. um, a segment that's going to be not just necessarily Bachelor. Obviously, if Bachelor topics come up, we will talk yeah. about them, but it's for like entertainment in general and life in general. And if you think you have someone in your life who may maybe doesn't necessarily follow us because of Bachelor stuff, but may like us for some other topics we cover, please share. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, we can grow if you guys help us get the word out. So share it with one friend. Send it, text it to one friend and be like, hey, Sheila, I think you may like this because they talked about X. And then Sheila's going to be like, no way. I thought they only covered Bachelor stuff. And you'd say, well... They have this new segment called Sound Off in the Comments Below, mm-hmm. and it's, it branches out. It branches out, and these girls are so fun and funny. Don't you just want to hang out with them, and you can feel like you are right. in the episode? Yeah. So thank you, guys. If you have listened and you liked it or you wrote something nice about, uh, yeah, about thank it, you. thank you so much. And also, we have gotten, like, an influx of pretty nice reviews recently. It was a lot, and I wonder if it was – do you think it was because of Sound Off? Like, it literally was all with it – because every now and then we get a review here and there, 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 every couple days, whatever. But this was like five really good ones all in a row on the same day. I'm like, what was in the water that day? Well, I Sound thought off it was also, in the water. That's true. I'm I'm pretty sure it was from, well, because it was January 10th, though. Sound off didn't yeah. come out till the 12th. So I, uh, I think it may have been after the Courtney thing. And in the Courtney interview, we talk about hate so i think it may maybe some people that were listening were like oh wait like i like them and like i like the show so i want to go write something nice (laughs) i feel like it never hurts to go out of your way to be nice if anything it just helps the majority of people like are positive and then move on like you don't go to yelp to talk about how much you like the restaurant you go to yelp to say they fucked up your sandwich so i and i understand that but i think maybe just like people saying you know what i'm gonna speak up because i do like this and i have something nice to say that was just really cool so i wanted to say Mm -hmm. if you were one of those people thank you so much we really appreciate you guys you know saying nice things all right well we gotta like go do bachelor encounters and guys we have peter kraus later this episode you are going to want to hear about this also did we manifest that literally last week's episode i was like oh i slid into peter's dms within a week we were able to make this happen very Mm -hmm. proud of us for that so let's get on with the rest of the show Okay, as you guys know, I am a mom to a crazy toddler, and something that's really been helping me with my day-to-day is Little Spoon. So Little Spoon eliminates mealtime drama, and trust me, before Little Spoon, I had so much mealtime drama. My son is the pickiest eater, but Little Spoon delivers fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to my door, and it's so convenient and easy. 
Yeah, so guys, Little Spoon is a one-stop shop for a healthy, easy meal time, snack time for your baby, toddler, and big kid. And like Stephanie said, it's delivered right to your door. Yeah, so it's so flexible, it's so easy. Everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. I pick the menu and change up what I order every single time, so my son is always getting a great variety. The price is right, the quality is unmatched, and I love it, and my son loves it, and that's the most important thing. I would love for you guys to check out Little Spoon because it's something that I use regularly. If you wanna go to littlespoon.com slash she's all batch, if you enter our code She's All Batch, that's going to get you 30% off your first order. So again, that's littlespoon.com slash She's All Batch. Code She's All Batch for 30% off. Go check it out. If you're looking to make mealtime a little bit easier with your kid, baby, or toddler, go check it out. She's All Batch is sponsored by BetterHelp. Okay, guys, it's a new year. It's a new you. I know you've been saying literally all of 2023 that something that you were going to prioritize in this new year is your mental health. And guess what? It's a new year, so it's time to take yourself up on your resolution. I think this is a great time to start just like a healthy routine of taking care of yourself and your mental health, and BetterHelp is here to help you do that. Yes, and we love BetterHelp, mostly because if you're thinking of starting therapy, it can be a really daunting experience. Where do you mm -hmm. start? But BetterHelp takes out all of the stress. The fact that it's entirely online, it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And my favorite part is that if you're not connecting with your therapist, you can easily switch to another licensed therapist, and there's no awkward conversation to be had. Visit betterhelp.com slash she's all batch today and that will get you 10% off your first month of therapy. So that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash she's all batch. Okay, I think it's time to kick off Bachelor Encounters, you guys. That's when you submit your stories of meeting Bachelor Nation in the wild. We read about those stories on air and I think it's a pretty good time, wouldn't you mm -hmm. say? I would say... Yes, I would agree with you. It is a pretty good time. Great. I'm glad we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. This first one is about Serena C. from Matt James's season. Okay. Bachelor Encounter, back in 2021, the summer after the most recent Bachelor season, I met Serena C. from Matt James's season on a flight home from South Dakota. It was a super brief interaction, but she was super nice about it. I asked if she was Serena from The Bachelor, and she said yes. Then I asked if I could take a selfie, and then she shared the selfie. And in this, the picture, Serena is a flight attendant, and she has a beautiful red mask on, like um, like a mask, like covering your mouth. Oh, not like, like, not like during... Like yeah. I would wear in pandemic times, yeah, like a right. not like, like a um, pandemic mask, not, not like a, a vampire mask to yeah. exfoliate her skin. Oh, I, yeah. or not a Halloween mask either. Not like um, right. she's not like a skeleton or anything. So crazy. many different types of masks, you know. Right. You just gotta be clear on which one. Um, well, that's great. It would be weird if she was doing her skincare while working, you know, while wearing a vampire mask. Right. Like all those things combined is just. Yes. Not good. I don't but think I that's love good for like, your skin. Right, right. And you're going to be sweaty under that mask. Like, yeah, no, I'm no, glad no. she just opted for this beautiful, it looks <laughs> silky, a silk Great. face mask. Beautiful. Love this interaction that you had. Okay. This next one is about Robbie. Hayes. Bachelor and Cat. Oh, uh, yeah. How many other Robbies are there? Sorry. I don't know. He's just like I guess share. just the one. <laughs> yeah. Bachelor encounter, a couple of friends and I went to a bachelor TIFF party in 2017, T-I-F-F. -F. Why does this sound familiar? TIFF? We've what definitely does that sound for? I don't know, but we've definitely had a, an encounter about this. And Robbie was involved, I'm pretty sure. But hold on, this will come to me. We met Robbie, Dean, Adam, and I can't remember who else. We had a bunch of pics, but I can't find them. Girl, this is the only one I could find because my friend posted it, and it's a photo with Robbie. 
She said they were all super nice. Not sure why I waited so long. I listen all the time and think, hey, I could totally send these in. On a stormy Canadian winter day, here I am finally bombarding you with my encounter. Wow, I'm so glad the stormy day is what inspired you to get more involved in the She's All Batch community. The stormy Webster day that you're having exactly. right now. Big stormy is a Bruin. <laughs> um, wait, so T-I-F-F. We don't know what that stands for. No, but I'm like... Uh, why do I feel like when Michael Stagliano submitted his alumni bachelor encounter on our Patreon, T-I-F-F, and it was a bachelor event? I'm going to Google this. Yeah, maybe or, Google bachelor T-I-F-F, and maybe that's just like... We're going to... This is going to come out, and people will be like, T-I-F-F stands for... No, well, good. I want to know. No, literally, like, someone named Tiffany comes up. Wait, <laughs> the TIFF bachelor party... Wait, Maybe it's like an event. It TIFF announces. Okay. Oh, Toronto International Film Festival? <laughs> oh, that would make so much sense. Okay. And if they were doing some sort of bachelor event, and yeah. then these people were there Okay. It. Okay. And this person was in the stormy Canada weather. So they're from Canada, Toronto. Makes oh, sense. okay. Yeah. Right. Don't assume we know what all the acronyms are, guys. I know. All the acronyms in the world. It's too hard to keep up. Well, I hope it wasn't storming when you met Robbie and Dean and Adam, but yeah, I'm glad they were nice. Also, I guess I'm curious, like, what, from the Toronto Film Festival, like, what aspect of The Bachelor, like, like, why would a film festival be like, we need to have an, a Bachelor event? Like, did they show episodes of The Bachelor? Was it maybe just, like, a just way to kind of get people in? I don't know. Or maybe they're just attending the event, and it's not about Bachelor. Oh, I was reading it like it was a event about bachelor that's why all those people were there but you're saying it might just be an event at the film festival and they all happen to be attending the film festival okay well in their defense in this encounter <laughs> it says in quotes bachelor tiff in quotes so so it is bachelor so right, i don't know that to me means it's like associated it's together right sound off in the comments below submitter if you yeah. can give us some more context on this also and confirm that it's the film festival because we obviously don't really know that either right but that would make sense. With our okay. context clues, I'm leaning towards it is the film festival. Right. Next one. I have a bachelor encounter I've been meaning to send in forever. I live in Ontario, Canada, in the same city as Blake Moynes. You are so lucky. One day, I'm working <laughs> at Lululemon, and this smoking hot guy comes in looking for breathable but dressy shirts. Breathable but dressy mm. is in quotes. Well, you came to the right place, my friend. Anyway, we fit him up with a bunch of gear. He tells my coworker he's going on a reality dating show. He wouldn't tell us what won. We all assumed it was The Bachelor. My assistant manager at the time knew Blake through mutual friends and got the tea after he left that, in fact, he was going on Claire's season. He was super nice, even hotter in person. I don't work for Lulu any longer, but he does frequent that location and another one close by. It's not that juicy, but it's fun. Love the pod. It's a good time. Thank you it so much. It's a good time. And no, also, I think this, this is, is juicy. very good and juicy because... Wait, what was the exact quote of the type of shirts? Breathable yet what? <laughs> breathable but dressy. I feel like he was trying to get breathable yet dressy shirts specifically for the going on the show. He's like, oh shit, I need to pack. What do I need? That's what he's breathable saying. Breathable yet what, dressy. That's what he's saying. That's the whole thing. He said he... No, I know. That's why oh. I'm saying... No, but she was just... I thought that was a guess, not confirmed, that he's getting it specifically for the show, not just for in his life to have some extra breathable oh. dressy shirts <laughs> in his closet. I think he's like going, he's like, oh, I need to pack for every single climate. Where should I go? Lululemon for breathable yet dressy shirts. I mean, it's a really good place to go for breathable yet dressy shirts. I would agree with you there. I think what in this encounter, it seems like 
he's asking for breathable but dressy shirts because he's going on yeah. some show. So that's what. Right. So yeah, that's why I think that's like extra juicy. It's not just like oh, I saw Blake at oh. a store buying a sock. It's like breathable. No, this again, is a man. Dressy, this yeah. is how he's prepping for his packing experience to go on the journey of a lifetime to find love, and he did. It's juicy. Right. Also, I would think breathable yet dressy would be also a paradise thing because you want it to be, like, mm. light and airy. You want to breathe. But you also right. want well, to look presentable. Well, because his where was his season that he was on in New Mexico? La Quinta. He, oh, oh, yeah. La Quinta. Oh, Palm Springs. Yeah. Ha, you need breathable yet dressy. <laughs> right. Like, it gets hot there. Right. So funny. I'm glad you were able to hook him up. I'm glad you got the tea that, well, I mean, I guess you would have found out eventually that he ended up on Claire's season, but. Yeah. I mean, and we knew from Paradise, he's a fashion, he's a fashion guy. Like, he pays attention to what people are wearing. He was mm-hmm. very into Jess's outfits. Oh, and so then, true. And then we did that creep where he said he was really into Katie's outfits, too. Remember, she yeah. said, like, she was, like, trying on dresses for him and he was, like, shopping for her or something. Like, he's very into, like, looking presentable. Yeah, but, but, but. That's kind of weird to me because, like, no shade, but, like, does Lululemon have the most dressy – like, if you're really trying to have, like, a dressy moment, is Lululemon the place to really get a dressy shirt? I guess if you need it to be breathable, but, like, <laughs> only if you need it to be breathable. I don't think that's the best place to get a dressy shirt. Well, I was just going to say, like, yeah, maybe it's not the best to get a dressy shirt, but in this case, we are looking <laughs> for breathable and dressy at the same time. Equal parts. 50-50. Yeah. Like I know, I just I just always think of Lululemon as like more casual. I only really get leggings and pants from there. I never really get tops from Lululemon. Okay, well now you know where to go if you're ever it's expensive. So I'm like, right, it is needing um, breathable. I guess I would say that like when I think of Lululemon, I think of like athleisure. I yeah. think of like a a gym set. Right, like you don't think dressy. I don't think breathable. breathable or dressy. So maybe he know. I mean, he would know. He would know that Lululemon sells like an awesome line of men's breathable yet dressy shirts, and that's why he went there. I want to see what they look like, like if they're, like, work shirts or, like, what's Wait, that? we should go look at, like, the first few episodes of Claire's <laughs> season see and see the sh- I'd be like, oh, my God, that looks so breathable. But also, <laughs> at the same time, it also looks dressy. Yeah, are you picturing, like, a button-down, though? Because I'm like, what other shirt could be dressy? Yeah, it has to be, like, a button-down that's a little loose and, you know, like, breathing. Like, there's, like, air that flows up it. Yeah, I just don't see that being made at Lululemon, but we'll find <laughs> out. There's right. so much to unpack here. Like, we really got to do a deep dive. I know. And, like, I love that this person's, like, it's not juicy, but it's fun. This no, is juicy. juiciest. I love it. Thank you for the submission. <laughs> okay. Speaking of breathable yet dressy, you have to look at Jenny Kane. I have one of their cardigans and it's cashmere. And I am absolutely obsessed with it. The quality is just so good. And I'm reaching for this sweater probably at least once a week, if not multiple times a week, because it just is so neutral and goes with every outfit. But it's the perfect, cozy, oversized fit. That just goes with everything and is so in right now. And also support for today's episode does come from Jenny Kane. We're so excited to be partnering with this brand. And I will say, I think as I've gotten older, I've realized that it's more important to invest in like higher quality items for my closet instead of like a cheap thing that rips after one wash and like I'm never going to wear it again. And that's when I started looking and shopping at Jenny Kane because they have everything from like luxurious cashmere sweaters, like Jackie said, to iconic accessories, to elevated versions of all your everyday basics. And for a limited time, our listeners get 15% off their first order. If you go to jennykane.com and use code she's all batch, that's going to get you 15% off. That's J E N N I 
K-A-Y-N-E.com with the code She's all batch for 15% off. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. That is jennykane.com using promo code she's all batch. So find your forever pieces at jennykane.com. Okay, guys, we have Peter Krause on the podcast this week. You know him from Rachel Lindsay's season of The Bachelorette. Peter, thank you for joining She's All Batch. Of course. Thank you for having me on and for the invite. Of course. Of course. So we always like to, to start with people, yeah, like from the beginning of their experience. So, how did you end up on Rachel's season? Oh wow, we're going way back. Um, way way oh, back. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was at the time in home personal training. I had a bunch of clients that I went to their houses and trained them there. And I had two specific clients that did not know each other, had no connection, obviously not at the same gym, and uh, both at the same time encouraged that I go onto the show. They knew I was single. They knew I was. Uh, looking for someone, we talk about relationships and life and love and stuff all the time, just because I developed very close relationships with all my clients. And uh, the fact that they both encouraged me to do it at the same time, maybe think that maybe there's something behind it, something to it. So I actually applied for myself. Like, oh, okay, so these are people who had no association with the show. They were just like, you'd be great on this. Yeah. And did not know that at the exact same time, they were saying the exact same thing. So I figured it was like a a sign from the universe will go. Ooh, serendipitous. Yeah. I, I I auditioned, applied, applied for myself. Okay. Yeah. What happened from the application? How soon uh, after did you get a call? Well, so the general application was like one picture and one short sentence pretty much about yourself, myself. And mm. I think within a matter of weeks, I got a request for more pictures and more information. Okay. And then from there, it was like a video submission um, that I had professionally shot, told the whole background story, had the one client do a, a little bit on it. And mm -hmm. then that led to, uh, I want to say like a couple of phone interviews and then an in-person interview in Chicago. Like it was a long process with a lot of different steps. You I finished. think altogether it was like eight months. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Did they ever ask you like who you were interested in being the lead? Like was Rachel the the lead at the time? Like, yeah. Did you know that? No, she didn't get announced as the lead until I want to say a couple of weeks prior. Okay. So yeah. were you was she someone you had your eye on? Did you happen to after auditioning and doing all the steps, did you watch Nick's season to kind of like see who it could be? Once I knew there was a good chance that I could go on is when I watched one episode of his season. <laughs> okay. And I want to say I don't know the exact amount of people. I want to say there's probably like eight. People left, 10 people left, something like that on the show at the time that I watched it. Okay. And uh, I was just like, yeah, they all seem great. I'll do it. Why not? So you yeah. get on the show, though, and like out of the limo, you're a front runner. Did you know while filming that you're a front runner? Um, no, actually, the very first night I felt very insecure as like one dude after another kept coming in and they all have great suits on and good hair and muscles and they're well-spoken and they're all... Uh, outgoing guys and then as I get to know them I find out they're also like they got great jobs they're kind they're outgoing and adventurous types they're um, very intelligent guys mm -hmm. and I'm like wow this is there's a lot of competition here there's a lot of really good dudes who I ended up becoming very good friends with for all those reasons mm -hmm. uh, but no from the very beginning I definitely thought I was in the background I'm more of a mostly reserved or shy person so it wasn't like, I felt like I stood out. The producers multiple times had to put me in front of the camera because I was just sitting in the background. How so? Like, physically? 
follow you? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very first like just night. for you or would they be like, hey, go steal Rachel for a second or go talk to someone about this and we'll film it? Well, I'm sure it was multiple people. I, I never talked to anybody about it. So I don't know if anybody else had the same situation. But mm-hmm. for myself specifically, that very first night, I'll never forget, I was getting down to the end of the night and hadn't talked to her yet. And just mm-hmm. thinking like the right time will come. Like I'll just happen to cross her or something like that. And they physically took me to her and said, it's your turn. Like talk to this guy. Okay. <laughs> so that's why they had high hopes for you though, because it it's usually, been, yeah. it, it's very difficult to get time with the lead on night one. And if they're pulling you, that right. means, they, I, I mean, you're naming all these other great things about the other guys and the other guys were great, but no one had a smile that matched Rachel. And uh, you did. Fair. Yeah, <laughs> so, I out with that. And we talked about that the very first night. Yeah. It's it's rare that you see someone with uh, a large gap in their teeth still in their adulthood. I mean, which I didn't realize as a child, like it was abnormal. But now as an adult, I see fewer and few people actually have it. And so it was definitely a unique feature we both carried. Yeah, yeah. well, Especially it looks good like on both of you. People like will do change it up and like not go with what they were authentically given, which is beautiful. Um, at what point did things kind of change for you? And you were like, Oh wait, I think I might actually like this girl. I think I might actually really have a shot at getting towards the end here. Cause you were saying you're always feeling like you're more towards the background. Yeah. Uh, so I was the very first one-on-one date. And uh, from the moment we started chatting, like obviously I was very nervous going into it and mm-hmm. worried that it was going to go poorly or there'd be nothing to talk about or where you, I don't know, I just wouldn't be a good connection. And uh we ended up talking nonstop for the entire day. It ended up being probably the best first date I've ever been on. Mm-hmm. Uh, very quickly realized, if nothing else, this would become a very good friend of mine because we had so much in common and had such an ease of talking. Um, knew right away, like this was a very intelligent, kind, warm-hearted person that had similar goals in life that I had. And so easy, or talking was just really easy with her. And so from mm-hmm. the very start, I realized, Okay, this is this is something that I didn't expect from the show. I just came on here because it was an opportunity and you know it's fun and it's just another experience in life. And now I have this really good person that I can look forward to talking to again. Yeah. Aside from like night one when you're saying like producers were pulling you to talk to her, were there any other moments throughout the season that you feel like maybe you were given a little edge? Like, oh, Rachel's over there and wants to talk to you, type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think there was a, there was one night where we were in, I think it was Copenhagen, or also it does matter somewhere in Europe, mm-hmm. and uh, I was during it was during a group date, and I got some one on one time with her that typically takes you know like ten fifteen minutes for guys to have their one on one time during the group dates, and it ended up being like an hour hour and a half, and the producers just let it happen. They let us just go on our way and hang out for that period of time. And then we got back and everybody was like half asleep on the couch at that point and just like, bro, like, where have you been? What the hell? We've been waiting literally for you two to get back. So at that time, I did feel like it was, uh, I was getting a little singled out uh, for the better, obviously for myself and for that relationship. Did you notice like other people that were getting similar attention or did you feel that there were other people that also had strong connections with Rachel? Like, who were you most kind of worried about? Well, interestingly enough, uh, being in the situation felt like there were certain guys that had more of a connection with her versus looking back on it or talking to people after the fact and realizing that wasn't the case. 
And so mm -hmm. what you see mm -hmm. while you're in amongst the crowd of men is very different from what's actually going on behind closed doors. Like what's going on in her mind, I didn't know until the last you know, couple of weeks of being there where we actually had more time to just sit and talk. But an example would be Anthony. Anthony, I thought right away from the start, because I got to know him really well, we became very close friends very quickly. I thought he was probably going to be the guy. Like he was everything I would think that she would want. He's tall, charming, I'm attractive. on Anthony. Uh, Anthony. I'm going to Google it right uh, now. He I lives now in, uh, out in LA. Actually, I think he moved to San Francisco now. I'm sure he's a great guy. But uh, very similar to me in that he's uh, very in tune with his senses and oh, emotions and things like that. Yeah. And so after seeing them go on a one-on-one -on -one date, I'm like, oh, oh, this is probably the guy. I want to talk about um, hometown dates because yeah. we've interviewed like over, I don't know, 150 people. I don't know Holy from God. the show. Yeah, a wow. lot. Yeah. I don't think we've ever specifically asked about hometown dates and given someone that got one. I'm curious, is it like super awkward to come into your home and see your family that you haven't seen in a while and like have all these producers kind of have to like show off the new girl that you're dating? Like, how is that coming home and saying like, oh, hi, I'm in a serious relationship. Also, there's cameras following me. Hi, mom. Hi, you know, whoever it is. Yeah. I mean, all that was extremely awkward. <laughs> from so the my hometown date started with meeting my friends out for drinks okay and i'm with my buddies like coco the boys and we're usually shooting the shit we're, we're using profanity we're you know ribbing each other a little bit and all of a sudden we're acting all proper my friends are not acting like their normal selves I'm like this is weird like I, I don't know what to do here and uh both their wives are very proper and sitting upright and everybody's just like being on their best behavior and it, obviously like it went well, but at the same time, it didn't feel like it was my normal group of friends. It didn't feel like the situation I would normally invite someone who I'm falling in love with into. It was very, I don't know, produced, it felt like at the time. But then we got to my parents' house and same kind of thing. It was, my family's not on TV. They're not used to being in front of camera. I, I basically grew up in front of the camera being a model. And so for me, it was pretty second nature by the second or third week, I feel like, of being on there. But for them, it was completely new and foreign. And so I could see that they were a little reserved and uh, it made it for an awkward situation. And my whole house had been turned around. Literally, they flipped everything in my house to make it better for lighting and the camera and all that. So just being in my house that was not my house felt strange. And uh, yeah, it was just a, a weird situation to be with my family, but not with my family how I would normally sense it. Like the, That's what I mean. Yeah, the free-flowing conversation is not there. The lack of fear of saying the wrong thing is not there. When you're on camera, you're like, am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I upset someone? Is you know, like someone going to judge me? Whatever it may be, I don't know what's going through their heads, but you could tell there's a, an awkward tension in the air. Yeah, I feel like with hometown dates, something that always annoys me so much is like all the conversation seems so formulaic where it's like, okay, yeah. this person pulls the mom and you're going to talk about this thing and this person pulls the dad and they're going to say, oh, is it okay if I marry your daughter? Oh, no. And so like how much of that, how much of those conversations specifically are they like planting exactly what the topic is? Because it seems to the viewer, I'm like, Oh, this every entire thing is just like, you're going to pull this person and you're going to say this. You're going to pull this person and you're going to say this. And every single hometown day is like exactly the same. Uh, I mean, I can always only experience what I'm experiencing and speak yeah, for that. Of course. So what I experienced was in my hometown, uh, I was talking to my parents. So the conversation was what we would normally talk about when meeting a girl or introducing a girl. Uh, 
there was nothing beyond that. There's nothing, you know, planted by the producers in our conversations. One thing I've always told people is there was very little time with Rachel in those situations. It was mm. still a date for us as an opportunity for us to get to know each other, but really we're not together or talking hardly at all during that date because it's friends, experiences, and then family. And then you're being pulled apart and talking about the next thing that you're about to do. So the progression of the relationship has to happen through the family members. And I don't know what they're talking about or what they're doing. And my parents being awkward and uncomfortable on camera, I'm sure are not talking about something they normally would. Uh, but that was just my hometown date. Then we get to her hometown, her hometown date. And I just felt the connection with her family right away. It was, they're all just very kind people. Uh, her sister is fantastic. Her brother-in-law was hilarious. He and I kicked it off right away and just started shooting the shit and having a good time. Um, and her mom was really kind and uh, easy to talk to. So it was really no need for any you know, implementation of someone else's thoughts right. or conversation topics. But that was just my experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The topic of um, engagement naturally came up for yeah. you as it does for everyone on the show. Um, how did producers react to you telling her you didn't necessarily want to get engaged in that time period how did the producers react yeah because i would i would i wonder given that they were like pushing you in the front and, and probably saw you as someone that was going to be a front runner they probably wanted you to say that you would get engaged because that would that's probably what they would want for the show yeah you know i think early on there was attempts to uh, push me towards saying I love you uh, or that I, I won't say who the producer was or exactly what they said, but there was one producer that continuously told me I was in love. They just kept mm -hmm. saying, you are in love. And I'm like, I, I'm not sure I am yet. I'm not saying I won't be, but I'm not sure I am at this time. And I just kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. Um, but then it got to a point towards the end where I noticed an energy switch where it was more uh, stick to your guns. Like if, if you're not ready for engagement, then you're not ready for engagement. And, uh, you know, I have my beliefs as to why people said that and why that switched, especially now all these years later. And they, they just wanted what was best for the show. And if that was me falling in love, great. And if it was me, uh, not being ready for engagement, maybe they made a change and that was great for the show too, for them. You know, it's funny being single now, still at the age of 37, a lot of people think that I'm like the forever bachelor. I don't want to get married or engaged or something like that. But to me, yeah. love is the most important thing on earth. There's nothing greater than love. Love can solve all things. And because I hold love to such a high standard, I think that there's no sense in holding um, space above it. Like it, it is the end all be all. And so if there's someone that I don't feel absolutely connected to, this will be the person that I want to spend every day for the rest of my life with. Um, why? I don't know, force it. There's always an opportunity. And if this is yeah. the person, great. And if not, then maybe I can at least get more time to figure that out. And that that's where the show was the biggest challenge, obviously, was there was no extra time. It was this was the time frame. And you had to get to a certain point by the end of that time frame, or it's shit or get off the pot. Like mm -hmm. it's time to move on. And so that's where we got to. And that's how it ended. Do you think if you guys had gotten extra time, things might have been different? Well, yeah, different for sure. But had it resulted the same? Probably not. Okay. Um, I think we're really good friends. I think she's an incredible human being. And 
I don't know. Are you guys still good friends? No. I don't think we're anything other than that. Um, Like we don't, we don't obviously talk or anything like that, but uh, still maintain a good relationship. I reached out to her during the pandemic for some help and uh, she responded and was very kind. And yeah, that was the extent of it. Mm -hmm. You easily had probably the most uh, devastating breakup on the show. I'm sure you know that. Um, In the breakup, you say, I think we're both going to regret this. Did you ever regret it? Do you remember I, that? I, you guys no, you just watched I just it watched. I, I do watched research for the show, Peter. Wow, good Lord. Well, I will say too, when you were telling her that like you weren't sure that like if you wanted to get engaged, everything you said in that scene, I was like, this is a rational person just being, trying to be on a show that's irrational, basically. Like everything you said was logical. You're like, I want to know the person. I want to know for sure that I'm going to marry them. And the show obviously puts you in positions to force that along faster. And, and I can't say anything negatively against what she said to and believed and, you know, expressed to me because sure. the biggest reason that I saw of it was she is the first ever Black Bachelorette. She has a tremendous weight upon her shoulders to be mm-hmm. uh, exceptional. I, like I've seen how unforgiving the franchise fans are, and I'm sure she knew that too. And so the weight and the stress that that woman carried, I can't even imagine. So in that state, like she, she has to do what is best for her, no matter what it is. And I think she did do what was best for her. And mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, recently found out it didn't work out for them, but that doesn't mean it wasn't the best thing at the time. It wasn't the best yeah. decision for her at that time. Uh, same thing for me at that time, it was the best decision to say, I don't know enough about you to say, I'm going to commit to you for the rest of my life. And as I said, then I'll say it now. A, a commitment to an engagement is just the first step in marriage. You just haven't said the vows yet uh, in front of a, mm-hmm. a pastor. So right. for me, it was, yeah, what did you say I said at that time? I don't even remember. You said, um, I think we're both going to regret this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you regret it? Um, I don't regret many things. Um, <laughs> I think everything happens for a reason, as cliche as that sounds. And you have to follow your heart in the moment. And I did. And things obviously turned out the best uh, for everybody because they got to where they are now. And, you know, I know she's had a successful career and I've had a very successful career. So it is what it is at this point. Right. What happens after the breakup? Because like I said, it was very emotional and very devastating. You leave, but you're the final, you're in the top two. Do you then like, do they keep you around to do what happens after you go home as one of the finalists? Uh, From the very moment we broke up, it was, I cried on the floor of the hotel room for countless hours. Mm -hmm. Um, That was interesting. My producer at the time's name is Megan and Megan and I developed a very tight bond during the whole process. And uh, she played this one song called Catch and Release over and over and over because I didn't have a cell phone. I have radio, nothing like that. And uh, I'm I'm sure ADD and for me, music is uh, very, I don't know, relaxing and cleansing. So if I hear a song I like, I just play it a thousand times. And uh, so she probably got sick of it. But for probably four or five hours, I just laid on the floor. She sat there with me and we played the same song nonstop. And the next day we woke up and had a very somber breakfast um the head producers came in and talked to me and 
uh, just asked how I was doing and what I wanted to do and what my future was. I'm like, I just broke up. Like, I just want to do nothing. Like, let's just call it a day. It was a beautiful, sunny day uh, in Spain that day. And I found out we were going to have to stay in Rioja for like four or five days, something like that, which it was during a holiday. So it was a ghost town. There was no one around. There was nothing to do. Nothing was open. It was just our hotel and like one restaurant. And I asked if we could go to Madrid because I knew we were going to fly out of there. And so they gave us the approval. So my producer, Megan, and I went to Madrid. And uh, I think I was with Megan again at that point. But anyways, we got to Madrid and we go for a walk within like minutes of getting there just to see the city. And as soon as we get out around our hotel, in comes um, Rachel's producer and Brian's producer, which if those two producers are together, process of elimination, they're obviously together as well. So mm -hmm. I thought like, maybe there's still a chance. Maybe they didn't get engaged. Maybe there's oh, an opportunity. Oh, so the like, show's wrapped. Sorry. Yeah, the, I the thought the show, show was wrapped. still airing or no, the still show filming. Yeah, we're, oh. we're done. The, break, the breakup happened. My guess is that this is probably two days later now. My guess is they went on to the engagement and now the producers are free because Brian and Rachel are together wherever they are. And so the producers are just walking around Madrid. And that was my confirmation that they're together. And sure as mm -hmm. shit, like producers came up to me. I immediately like they saw me go like ghostly white. I just mm -hmm. I, like I like my stomach sinks when I see them. And we all just have this like, oh, shit moment. This was not supposed to happen. Like we're in a mm -hmm. city of millions. How did this happen? Uh, but it was honestly the most beautiful thing because the four of us just had this awesome big hug and like shed tear and it was like, all right, that was that. Like it's over. It's it's okay to move on now. And I think because of that, I was able to move on after the show very quickly um, because I knew just it was done. That was that. There was no questions anymore. It was just they're together and we're not and I can go on with my life. So I'm very thankful for that opportunity to just randomly happen across these people in this giant city of millions Not so by it. after after the final rose you felt you had closure at that point because of that moment oh no that's when uh, <laughs> that was the closure of what would normally be like real life right and then the show obviously starts to air and yeah. life changed dramatically within days uh, people found out i was on the show for the first time so i started getting blown up about that uh, the show started airing within like a week and a half, two weeks, something like that of me getting home. Uh, oh, wow. I ended up staying with my parents a lot because I felt uncomfortable in my own apartment anymore. Uh, a lot of the training that I was doing was based off of a free session to get someone in the door. And all of a sudden I was getting all these free sessions booked and everybody uh. was just like trying to meet me. <laughs> and so I very quickly realized this was no longer a business model I could proceed with. So I had to... Ugh. Just take time myself and with my family. And I that's when I started doing a lot of walks. Like walking has become probably the greatest therapeutic experience of my life. And thank God I have a dog now from that show, believe it or not. And uh yeah. Would you buy a dog while that while filming? <laughs> what do you mean from no, the show? So, oh, so that was actually part of the hometown date. So uh oh. prior to the hometown date, they asked what you want to do. And in talking to producers just in the several months I was there, I told them I was gonna get a dog when I got back. And they're like, Well, what if we get you a dog? And uh, by the time the actual show or like taping came along for the hometown date, they hadn't been able to get a dog. And this random girl came up to us during my hometown date with an adorable dog and said, can I have a picture? And in talking to her, I realized the dog was up for adoption. So I was like, this is a sign. This is meant to be my dog. 
and got her right Aww. down there. And that's now Daisy. Aww, Daisy. So cute. Uh, I didn't rewatch the hometown episode, so I forgot so that, about the dog. <laughs> no, you, you wouldn't even know. It never aired. It never made it to Oh. Yeah. Oh, I felt embarrassed for a second that I didn't know no. that. Wait, no. so <laughs> why wouldn't they hear that? That's so cute. Oh, probably because I gave Rachel the dog and then we didn't end up together. So it's like, well, that's weird. But no. she had Copper though, didn't she? That that Wasn't she, that her dog? Yeah, but this is going to be like our family dog, if you will. Wait, wait, but then she just gave it. Back. They just gave it back to you. They were like, "Okay, well, Rachel's she, gonna she take then this dog." Flew on, yeah, she flew to the next hometown date after that. So where, where did the dog go? Them. The you dog went stayed back. with the dog. No, the dog went back to the uh, foster family. No, so you adopt a dog for one day and then give it back to the foster family, <laughs> and then you get it back yeah. at the end of the show. I put Daisy in my parents' house for them to deal with it. It was like, I gotta go. Sorry, here's like, here's it all. Oh my god! She immediately peed on the floor. Like, yeah, just of instantly. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Do you think if you and Rachel ended up at the end, that scene would have seen the light of day? Because the edit would have been different. It probably would have been a cute moment the, at that point. Yeah, because they everyone would have questioned what happened to the dog if they aired it. Like, right. like we are right now. <laughs> Which I'm glad that didn't happen because then they'd be constantly feeling questions about the dog as well. Yeah, but the dog is safe and happy. Daisy's doing well. The dog is spoiled as shit and a pain in my ass, and I love her to death. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of dog is it? Uh, she's a pit shepherd mix. Cute. So yeah, she's a Aww. she's an actual rescue from South Carolina. Aww. Oh, and awesome! It, it's a it's a constant reminder of the show, which is wild. Like I know how long I, I always forget how long ago was the show, but I know her birth date, and mm. she was born. Uh, February like 14th or 15th something like that of 2017 so I just know within like a month of her being born I was on or off of the show at that time 2017 yeah, yeah I was gonna actually ask you because um you have Peter Krause fitness mm -hmm. and killing it are you Thank getting you. recognized all the time though still at the gym like you said that people were coming in for free sessions is that still happening a lot um I mean, it still happens on a regular basis that I get recognized. Uh, Madison's a small town, and I should say a small town. A lot of people say it's a, a small city. I call it a town for whatever reason. I grew up here. But, uh, yeah, I, I get recognized depending on where I go or what the crowd is like. Obviously, like a higher female population tends to recognize me. So if I go to a event where there's a lot more women, I'm going to get recognized more likely than if I'm at an event with a bunch of guys. Um, right. At the gym, there are still people that will pop in that are coming in because they either know me from the show um, or from media around town over the years. But I've tried really, really hard to show that I'm more than just that. Um, sure. So a big part of why I've distanced myself from the show is just I was a human being with a, a career that I loved before the show and devoted my life to helping others through fitness and health. And I didn't want that to detract from the capabilities that I have post-show. And I realized that a lot of people were looking at me as just that guy for a long time and didn't take me seriously as someone who could truly change uh, their life or someone they know's life uh, through health and fitness. So I, I really want to make it an effort to be like, I'm going to push really freaking hard all day, every day for as long as possible to get to a point where you see without question, I am actually the best person you can come to in this town for this specific purpose, which is health and fitness. And it's, it's, it's becoming that now. Now I actually have companies reaching out for the health and fitness versus uh, the bachelor stuff. And when someone hears from 
uh, or hears of me here in town, it's like, oh, you're the guy with all the gyms. You're the guy that knows about fitness. You're the trainer, things like that. And that's what I'm trying to get back to, which, you know, it's been almost seven years, but it, it has been seven years. Shit. Yeah, it's been seven years. I'm Let's happy that there. you're getting back to that, though. Thanks. Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> Do you think that would have been the case if you had been The Bachelor? Absolutely Did you turn not. down the position be- for that reason? Uh, I, I 100% without question believe I would be forever pinned as The Bachelor had I been The Bachelor. So did they ask and, you to be The Bachelor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of yes. course. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean, of course, just like, how could you not? But like, No, I course, just like, like needed I to did, hear you like, like say yes, of course. Yeah, I think it's like common knowledge out there and amongst yeah. the followers of the show that I was asked. Um, we had a lot of conversations back and forth. At first, I was very uh, apprehensive about it, said basically no. And uh, they're very good at changing things for those that they want to be on the show. And I know this probably happened to a lot of other guys that were asked and eventually weren't on. Uh, They ended up going a different direction. And uh, I was very thankful for it. I was like, by the end of it, I did say I would do it. Um, And then they picked Ari within like 48 hours of me saying yes. And uh, I was so so happy. Strange. I, I think it's a good move. Like it was yeah. For well, them. you said like they would they were making changes for the people that they want. Were they going to make different changes in order to have you like change locations or because I know they've done that in the past for other leads? Yeah, no, I, really, all I asked for was more time uh, in private and through uninterrupted conversation with the people. Like if I mm-hmm. truly was going to develop a connection with these people, I had to know them in their uh, like unprepared moments. Right. Like if you're getting ready for a date, you're you're planning things to say and do and what to wear and how to do your hair and all that kind of stuff. And then you throw in all the craziness of the show itself and all the places you go and things you do and experiences of the whole thing. And it adds this level of grandiose that just is not in real life. Like I, I I'm not a millionaire. I'm not gonna do these things. Uh, I wear wide toe shoes and organic linens because I'm trying to be as close to the earth as I can. Like I'm I'm not going out on a regular basis on these fancy dates and stuff. So it wasn't real life for me. And I needed it to be more like real life if I was going to develop the type of connection they wanted from the show. So that was our uh, middle ground. Like if, if you want the result that you want, the best way I can get there is for you to do these things for me. And they agreed to those things. And uh, they also increased the pay because I was making more at the time through personal training uh, and my own business as uh, I guess like I had other trainers on staff and didn't think the pay was fair for that amount of yeah. risk. So they increased the pay too. So, so all what happened, and then they were like, just kidding. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. You finally got, well, they finally got you to agree and then bait and switch. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can make my assumptions, but at the end of the day, I think they went what was best for the show versus, what was being asked for at the time. I know there's a lot of people asking for me to be the bachelor at that time. And uh, I think they made the right decision. Like that couple is still together and happily married. And no, I've seen pictures that's... of them on the internet. Like they have the cutest babies. Oh no, they are a wonderful couple and Ari did a great job, but yeah. I do not think that that was the right choice for them at all. I feel like they should have just, if they were negotiating with you and they, you guys came to a, a level playing field and like they should have just taken you up on it and just had it be you. Do you know that not Peter trended throughout Ari's season? Hashtag not Peter. Like they didn't refer to him as Ari. Oh, okay. So, so, you know, like how did, 
how did you take that knowing that people were calling the bachelor not you uh, honestly i felt very bad for him uh, this man is living his own life with his own experience and it'd be like i don't know being in a relationship and she constantly compares you to her ex no one wants to be in that relationship even though it's a beautiful mm -hmm. relationship maybe it's like why would i do this to myself so he signed up for something that he probably thought was this beautiful awesome experience and right from the start he's got a mountain to climb because half the people are against him um, and that's not because I'm so great, but just because that's what the fact was at the time. Right. And I felt bad for him. I was like, the, the, I was getting tagged on all that shit. I mean, you can't avoid it. I can't say I hid from all of it because I'm on social media. Um, I like, I don't know. Felt bad. Yeah. Long story short. Did you watch? Fuck no. <laughs> Forgive my language, but no. Please. Have curse. you watched the show since uh, any other seasons? Um. What have I seen? Randomly, it'll be on. Uh, I don't have TV anymore. So it's like, but when I did have TV, I'd turn on at the end of the night and there it would just happen to be on. So I think I watched maybe one episode of uh, Colton's season. Okay, good season. And I, I knew uh, Becca very well, um, or fairly well, I should say. She was a friend of uh, my sister-in-law. So I watched maybe one or two episodes of her. And that was it. I want to say and she wait she was on Ari's season so if you were the bachelor what would have happened on my there season, yeah Weird. I didn't know her at that time so oh okay I, I only knew her through uh my sister-in-law reaching out and saying hey there's this friend of mine who wants to ask you questions about going on the show and wondering if you would reach out and so that's how she and I started uh becoming friends did they ever try or contact you again after Ari's season for a potential another shot at the bachelor? Not for the bachelor, but for uh, winter games. Oh yeah. yeah. And then something shady happened. No, uh, they just ended up once again, just going a different direction or just picking someone else. Like that that's one I agree to, because it's all based on sport. Nah. I mean, that's how I've been in the industry for so many years. As a model, I would get put on hold for jobs every single week, and every single week they'd get canceled for someone else. When you're in the industry, you just realize you go with what's hot in the moment. And if someone gets offended by that, well, then they have too much of an ego. They have too much of a sense of self versus that's just a company doing what's best for them. And so for me, it was like, all right, that sucks, but moving on, like on to the next thing, life goes on. That was all just part of the industry. I guess I was just used to it at that point. So it was, if you don't pick me, you don't pick me. And that's for the better. That was yeah. that. Mm. you're like nope i get if you say it about yourself it's an ego thing but i'm yeah. saying as like a viewer and a fan of the show like it seems weird that they would dangle it in front of you and then say no we're going in a different direction because you weren't just someone on the show you were someone that made a very big impact so why mm. like what happened that they like uh, kind of did they what did they tell you nothing they just said um uh, you know, we're not going to go that direction. They even came and shot a promo, whatever you call it, uh, in my apartment at the time. I forgot about that. Oh, shit. Yeah, they came to town and shot a promo in my apartment. And then uh, just said, you know, you're not going to go on. Or we're going to go a different direction or whatever. However they say it. I don't remember. Yeah. Was like, again? That was, so that's Winter know. Games. That's Winter Games, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Winter Games wasn't good anyway. I would like, why I wouldn't they have him on? Like, it's not like The Bachelor, the there's only one slot versus like Winter Games. Yeah. Why would yeah. they pass up on bringing you on? You were like a big name from the show. I don't get that one. I don't either. I, 
wasn't it? I think it was airing at the same time as Ari's season, or right there after, or something like that. Oh, they oh thought no, it was viewers. No. From my thought was, yeah, it was yeah. going to detract from. That was like that was the only assumption that I could make huh. was something along those was lines. That it? So I don't know the if it aired during or right after, but I do now that you're saying that. Remember that Ari came to um, judge a date, like they had like a date, and mm. they had people come and judge, mm-hmm. and he was one of the judges. So obviously, it was on the heels. Yeah. So maybe it would be weird if like you were there and then Ari comes to judge you. That's that's funny. Peter and not Mm. Peter all in one room. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, it all worked out for the best. Um, Looking back on all this, do you are you happy with your experience? Would you do anything differently? Any regrets? The experience was life changing, to say the least. I mean, my life literally flipped on its head and turned upside down. Um, the original intention for going on the show was it's another opportunity to do something unique. I've always been one to chase what's, you know, exciting in the moment, um, as far as opportunities in life. Uh, so it was modeling. That was awesome. Then it was training. This is great. And I always maintain some grasp on all of them. I don't just like use them and leave them. So this came up and I was like, this is great. Like this is an opportunity to meet someone. This is an opportunity to expand my business. This is an opportunity to do something fun and exciting in life that very few people get the chance to do. And so just in that aspect, it did exactly what it was. It was, you know, I, I fell in love on the show. Uh, I expanded my business and I had an experience. And then from there, it also changed my life in that it was probably the most emotionally challenging thing I've ever done outside of one specific breakup that I've had in life uh, as far as like the emotional toll. It was Mm -hmm. challenging in every single aspect of human emotion. It was, I felt isolated and alone, even though I was being told I was at the top of the world because everybody wanted to be around me or be like be with me or have me on their shows or in their ads and all this stuff. And yet I had no one to talk to or relate to about it. Um, Women became a huge struggle because it was, I wasn't, like I didn't have any talents that got me on the show. I didn't have any, I wasn't like a musician or an athlete or something like that. So like one group of women excommunicate me and then I'm a celebrity now to this other group of women. So they're like bonding over me, which felt very awkward and uncomfortable. So I just had no one to fall in love with anymore either. I just felt isolated in that area. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it just screwed my business big time. So I had to think of a different business. Like, okay, how do I get people to actually come to me for fitness and take advantage of the fact that there's a lot of people coming to me all at once, uh, but also give them a good high quality product. And so that's when everything really started to progress for the better, which is I started doing boot camps, And then from the boot camps, I started doing a national boot camp tour, got recognized by major brands that started sponsoring them made a shit ton of money in a very short period of time from these boot camps and put all of it away, knowing that it would not last forever. And thank God I did because once I opened my gym with that funding, uh, the pandemic hit and I lost oh, all of my income overnight because I couldn't wow. do any boot camps, which was tens of thousands of dollars. And I had a brand new gym that was spending tens of thousands of dollars every month. And it was just like, like I hit rock bottom again. And, uh, really had no choice but to progress in business. And so it forced me to become more savvy. I had to look within. I had to find 
love in what I was doing beyond just this is going to make money. It had to be an obsession and uh, really changed me into a completely different person, I think. And it wouldn't have happened if it weren't for going on the show in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so now I've become this entrepreneur, I think, and building these businesses that are flourishing and expanding to the point where we're moving to other cities soon and we're moving to other states within the next year. And I should have dozens of clubs by the end of next year. It's like it, it's forced me to become better at what I love that I took advantage of before because it was easy. Like I made money mm-hmm. off of Instagram. I made money off of boot camps that were easy. They were fun, but it wasn't challenging. And when I lost everything literally overnight, it forced me to be a better person. And uh, I'm very thankful for the show because of that. It took me to where I am now. So long story short, uh, grateful that I went on the show. It did not at all go the way that I thought it would. Uh, The results of where I am now are not at all what I expected. But uh, it's all for the better. I'm very appreciative of it. That's amazing. Where can our (laughs) listeners find um, your clubs and centers? And where are you looking to expand to? Like, where can they check it out? Yeah, New York. Uh, so I've got come to New York. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll get out there at some point. Not New York, probably, okay. but uh, not New York City, at least. Um, basically, my I have four gyms in Madison right now. I have a fifth one being built as we speak, a sixth one that's just breaking ground. And then I'll have two more within the next probably six months that are starting. Uh, and then we're looking to, ex- well, I'm looking to expand uh, outside of the, the state, really, uh, by the end of the year. And so that'll hopefully be Texas of all places. Crazy. That's so many gyms. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, once like the hardest part in a business I found is creating a model that works without you being in it. Like Mm -hmm. being the face of the business for that first year was easy because everybody just came to me and through me. And so if something was wrong or needed to be done, I was the one to do it. The moment Mm -hmm. I stepped out of it just to make a secondary location I had to trust everything that I put into place in the first one and it failed numerous times. And for two years, almost three years, it kept failing. And so I had to kept getting or have to keep getting better at it. And then I was like, oh shit, I got a third club. Like the third one literally just fell in my lap. That was just by luck. And uh, I now had to be at none of the clubs and they still had to run. So it forced me to move the direction of removing myself even more. And because of that, I could just continue to refine the process to where now I can just have people implemented in the proper places to do exactly what I need to do, like a, like a machine, and it will expand with no issue. Uh, just financing. That's all it takes at that point. Just financing mm-hmm. and finding the right people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. You said up top, um, you are still single. Yeah. Would you ever find love on TV? Zero percent. No. <laughs> What if they said, we'll film in your gyms? No. <laughs> really? Not even for the gym promotion? I think no. that's that's worth another shot. Yeah. Um, what are these gyms called <laughs> also, by the way? So our listeners know. Yeah, it's Peter Cross Fitness. Okay. Yeah. That was actually an uh, encouragement of a business mentor that I had at one point. Uh, still talk to him, but uh, I wanted to call it House Fitness, H-A-U-S, as a playoff of Kraus, K-R-A-U-S. Mm-hmm. And he said, Peter, you do have this following and right. uh, you have this name recognition now in town. You would be a fool not to take advantage of that. And for two years, even after opening it as Peter Cross Fitness, I hated it. I didn't want it. I felt very um, conceited doing it like that. And I, I just didn't like the feeling that it gave me. But now um, I'm beyond proud of it. It's like mm-hmm. 
I've been hearing so many podcasts and books that I'm reading lately talking about um, longevity of the self and how when we're dead and gone, there's nothing left. So why do we get so held up in what people think of us now? But my name will continue to exist after I've been dead and gone. Like I will continue to have my name on physical locations that people will be forced to remember and that I made a change. I was there. I was unique. I was building something that actually is staying around helping people for an extended period of time, not just a flash in the pan. And that, mm-hmm. that makes me very, very proud. Like I get chills just thinking about that being there for another generation at some point. Aww, but yeah, it's Peter Cross awesome. Thanks. Hell yeah. I want to come. I mean, if you, yeah. if you I know, like, like, can you actually me? open it up in New York city? I'll go. I'll <laughs> I can't join. Be New York city because there's, um, first of all, real estate is way too expensive. It was about and, Long Island. Uh, come to me, know. Long Island. Uh, Jersey is much more likely. Uh, okay. Trying to think where else, maybe like upstate New York could be possible. Um, mm-hmm. I mapped out there's 333 cities in the United States of 200,000 people or more, and that is my target population. So, if I can get into you know half of those cities within the next 10 years and provide a good quality service at an affordable rate, well, why wouldn't I? Um, yeah, so yeah, if those happen to be cities on that list, then I will see you in the next 10 years. Hell yeah, we'll see you. So in 10 years, <laughs> we'll, 10 years we'll see you somewhere yeah. upstate or something. And maybe we can, um, we'll get a free trial. We'll sign up for the the Peter Krause um, free, free session. Yeah. <laughs> um, one more thing before we, we go, because we just very briefly touched on the Rachel Bryan news. I know that you said that you guys aren't necessarily friends, but did you yeah. reach out or any type of contact since that news broke? I figured this would be like the first question. I but saved it for the end. Oh, just we got to ease you into it. Yeah. We also got to get people to yeah, listen to me talk that way. Yeah. Wait till the uh, end. You'll uh, never uh, guess what he said. Exactly. <laughs> um, hopefully they listened all the way through me. Anyways. They, they um, will. Yeah. I like, I read it. I haven't reached out. I thought about reaching out just as a support system being like, you know, you know we went through this experience together. Um, we're forever connected in that way, whether it's for the good or the bad or whatever, I don't know, but, uh, realized that wasn't my place. Like, it's just, I'm not a part of her life anymore. She's not a part of my life anymore. Um, you would never reach out to an ex during a breakup in real life. Maybe you would. would I wouldn't. I'm like, would you? Would I would? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Who's to say? Yeah, I would. So it depends on the breakup. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It depends fair. on the breakup. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm at a point in life where I am trying my very best to realize the past is in the past for a reason. And if it was meant to be, it would have been then. And Not necessarily. Not always, right? But then it'll come back around. But sure. I'm not going to be the one to go back to it, is where okay. I'm at. And so if reaching out would have been, like, I guess, like the thing to do, I don't know. But I didn't do it. Won't do it. Uh, wish her nothing but the best. And I, I really do feel terrible that it ended in that way. Yeah. Um, you know, the breakups, divorce, all that heartache, all of it's hard. It's complicated. No one's good at it. Uh, if you are good at it, you're lying to yourself. Yeah, you're a sociopath um, if you're good yeah, at it. Exactly. And you're probably deeply, deeply broken, which means that you're actually very, yeah. very bad at it and you need some help. And mm-hmm. so I just wish her a lot of grace and love. And I, I hope that it's, you know, not the worst thing that ever happens. Uh, and I hope people are easy on her. Like, it's just 
that crowd of people can be so harsh for yes. so many reasons. And I, I just wish that people could find grace of like, she's just a person. She's going through life just like they yeah. are. You know, times just I like think they, they are. are. I mean, I think ever she's very beloved. I don't think anyone's sending her hate over that. Oh, no, there's a lot. Trust me. Because I, I get it. So you well, I mean, in, with this I, divorce, though, this no, specific but what I'm breakup. Saying is like, because of their breakup, the only reason I knew is because my like all of my feeds started blowing up with hundreds of messages mm -hmm. from people saying like they never deserved it. Now's your time. Like oh all my this God. crazy stuff. People are and so, so I just crazy. turned off those comments for a while. Yeah, I, was like, I didn't say that. Are way I too just invested said, come in on the show. Yeah. Well, I literally yeah. say so on this last episode of the show. Um, yeah. we we obviously covered the news, and I say like I'm like you know. And where's Peter in this situation? Like, I, I went to his profile and then I, I messaged him and Jackie's like, oh, did you ask him like what he thought about? I'm like, no, I'm not an idiot. I'm just asked him to come on the show. <laughs> like, I'm not going to hound you and like harass you because I'm sure your DMs were blowing up with every other person on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. um, but he, I mean, I would like to, I, I hope that Rachel's not getting hate either. I mean, and it's um, one thing that was a very great piece of advice very early on before the final like departure from the show was take the hate and the love alike and listen to none of it because <laughs> you're either gonna get way too high or you're gonna get way too low and it's really fucking hard as a kind-hearted person or trying to be a kind-hearted person to not take the negative or negatively seriously uh and personally and early oh, on I... in the show is like so much bad stuff came out about me and it was so much hate and it just felt like it was everywhere. It felt like no matter what you could do, you couldn't escape it. And it was every aspect of life. But I thankfully realized as soon as I turned off my phone, it was gone. And mm -hmm. the people in my life loved me more than ever. The people that I cared about supported me. Um, the things that I loved in life that were very simple, fresh air, sun, walking outside, my dog, those never changed. Those were never going to turn against me. So why was I getting so bent out of shape because of some stranger? saying some awful things. And I hope she's able to do the same thing. I'm sure she does. Like she's a very intellectual and emotionally grounded person. I'm sure she'll get through this. Okay. But I hope that if those hard days do come, she's able to just check out and be like, I don't have right. to be, you know, everybody's attention for a while. I yeah. can be on my own and be okay. Right. Yeah. So. Um, you kind of teed me up for this one. So I need to What's ask, that? you said you, you wouldn't be the one to like necessarily reach out to her. If Rachel yeah. came to you and said, Peter, let's get coffee. Oh, definitely get coffee with her as a friend. Just to immediately follow that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe that there is, just like this podcast, I knew that this question was going to come up. And I knew that there's going to be an opportunity for people to develop more dislike for me because of any answer I give. But every opportunity is an opportunity where someone could take positive from it, good from it. I could... Lead someone to then listen to my podcast. And hopefully from my podcast, they hear about mental and emotional help and change. Uh, whatever it may be. Like every opportunity is an opportunity for something good to happen. And uh, if she reached out and asked for coffee, like, yes, I would love to hear how life has been. I would love to know what you've been up to, all these amazing experiences I know you've been through. I see that she's all over, um, I think it's like E! News or something like that now. And would love to she's hear about it a boss. She's so, she's so amazing. Killing it. Yeah. We, we had great conversation when we were talking, so it would be great just to hear her talk about it again. Yeah. Yeah. What's your podcast called for listeners as well? Uh, it's called, I have so many questions. Okay. 
And the idea behind it is I just live a life of, I have many questions and I'm constantly wanting to learn more about anything and everything I can that can help those that I talk to. And if I can do that in a way that people can also listen at the same time that I'm learning, why not? Uh, but I realized, and this is a credit to you guys, it's very challenging. It's very time consuming. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I have a very busy, active, full-time job already. And so it was just a lot. Uh, and my my partner on the show is in a different city and we couldn't get the video down properly to where I felt comfortable with it. Mm. Uh, so that was another reason for it too. So it'll pick yeah. back up in the future. All right. Well, so we, everyone, we keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Yeah. And we very much appreciate you coming on here. Obviously, at this time when this news is happening and you're saying that this could potentially open you up, I, you know, I think that's really awesome that you were willing to come on and chat with us. And, you know, we loved hearing your story and you being Thanks. so open about it. Happy to talk about it. Glad you guys invited me. Yeah. yeah All right. Well, this you. is actually going to come out next week. We're doing a quick turnaround for, okay. for hashtag not Peter. I mean, <laughs> I want to title the episode hashtag not Peter featuring Peter Krause because I think that's funny, but mm -hmm. I but it is Peter, so I don't know how to get that joke. Like mm. I can't just write like hashtag Peter or ha or not hashtag not Peter because it is not. Peter. It's not hashtag not Peter. Not, not Peter. Yeah, it is Peter. Not, not Peter. Yeah. Whatever, I'll figure it out. But <laughs> thank yeah, you so can, much, Peter. That. It'll be all right. Um, I'll, I'll send you the episode when it's up next week, though. Cool. Thanks. All right. It was nice meeting you and chatting. Yeah, nice yeah. meeting you. Thank nice you so much. Nice meeting you both as well. Take care. Bye. Much love. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right. And that's our show. Wasn't Peter's interview so good? I'm so pumped that so we were good. able to get that and turn it around so quickly. So do me a faves. If you liked what you heard today, go and rate us five stars. I'm not just going to ask you anymore. I'm going to tell you guys, I think it's kind of bullshit that we're at 4.5 stars, to be honest. So if we <laughs> can get it back up to where it was previously, you know, before we forgot that Olivia and John Henry went on a date because that's when this all started going downhill. <laughs> I would really fucking appreciate it because we really do deliver on a weekly basis and we love you guys and just need your help. So yeah, and just a reminder, guys, you guys can get ad-free versions of this episode in advance on Tuesdays. Our episodes normally come out on Wednesdays, but you get it early if you are a member of our Patreon. So that is patreon.com slash she's all batch. Also, if you want to be more part of the She's All Batch community, you can join our Facebook group. There's always a lot of fun conversations going on in there. So make some friends, hang out. It's a good time. Also, make sure to follow us. Follow me at Jackie Maroney underscore. Follow Stephanie at She's All Batch. Yes. And also be sure to check out this week's sponsors. We have betterhelp.com. Use code She's All Batch. That's going to get you 10% off your first month. Mental health comes first. It's time to start making those changes in your life. And speaking of changes, it's time to start upgrading your closet and investing in those really high quality staple pieces that you can find at jennykane.com with code she's all batch. And that's going to get you 15% off. Yes. And if you're just getting stressed and overwhelmed about mealtime for your little one and want to make that process easier, go to littlespoon.com slash she's all batch and enter our code she's all batch and that will get you 30% off at checkout. It's so worth it. It's so worth 30% off for like all these meals for your kid. Like, come on. We wouldn't steer you wrong. Simply we would not. We would not. So, okay. So what's on, what's the homework for today? Going and rating us five stars. <laughs> Go check out the first sound off episode if you haven't already, which like, why wouldn't you have, you know, you probably did, but go back and check if you haven't. Send that one to a friend. Yes. Send this one to a friend too. Yeah. There's no limit on what 
Which ones you send to friends? <laughs> send every episode we've ever done to your friends. Right. Send the 160, 70-something episodes. Yeah. How many episodes have we done? Where are we at these days? I don't even know. We've definitely done one, 143. Oh, okay. 143. Send all 143 to yeah. your grandma and be like, just download all these. Right. So we get the downloads. <laughs> and don't ask questions, grandma. Just do it. Yeah. All right. Well, is that it, Jackie? I think that's it. Okay, we'll see you guys Friday for the second sound off, okay? Woo! Bye, bitches! Bye, bitches!